Blog Talk Radio. I stroll through the pictures What I've left behind You once again I'm locked up in memories They all intertwine The memories living In my mind I know tomorrow Cause that dawn will come You will never know Just what you've done Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the NASCO Talk Chat Now, Blog Talk Radio Show. I just did something. I don't know what's happening here. It looks like I accidentally <laughs> called in on the other line, and now it's beeping at me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, there we go. I got rid of it. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> okay. Hello, everyone. <laughs> my name is Kim Lakin, and I'm your host this evening, and my co-host, Penelope, is with me this evening. Hello, Penelope. <laughs> Hello, Kim. Um, we are on scan number 3243, and um, we would love to have you be a part of our, our panel. If you would like to give us a call and be a part of the panel, just have you six four six five nine five two one one eight and um Penelope will let you in on the back line and or bring you right on because tonight we don't necessarily have a guest. So um we have some ideas of things that we can talk about. We'll get to that in a minute. So yeah, we have a single purpose in Africa and that is to address issues that are related to childhood trauma and abuse, including sexual assault, violent or physical abuse, emotional traumas, and neglect, and we do so with two goals. One, by educating the public, especially as it related to helping society get over its taboo of discussing childhood sexual abuse and preventing facts showing child abuse to be a pandemic worldwide problem, and two, by offering hope and healing through numerous paths and providing many services to adult survivors of child abuse and information for anyone who's interested in the many issues involving prevention, intervention, and recovery. And again, we are on scan number 3243, and we have um, what we call a special topic night show. So if um, we just ask, you know, People in if they have a subject, or um, Penelope also had an idea, so we can just go with whatever comes up. But um, we would love for you to call in and be a part of it and join in. Um, so on these episodes, we 
As I said, we welcome various co-hosts, survivor professionals also, who will assist in fielding questions and lead a variety of topics suggested by um, our calling participants. So their trauma-informed perspectives are survivor professionals, as survivor professionals will help discussions on the issues of child abuse, trauma, and healthy human sexuality that spring from questions and topics brought to us by our listeners. I think there's like a different sentence in there that um, <laughs> kind of caught me off guard. My tongue tied, but yeah. So we're on with Penelope, and just to go ahead and bring Philip on too, and say, hey, Philip's on with us. Hi, Philip. What's up, Kim? What's up, Penelope? Hello, Philip. Glad you're here. <laughs> Hello, Penelope. How are you? Hello. Pretty good. How are you? How are y'all doing? Good. Good. Well, did you have anything that you kind of wanted to bring up, Philip, when you called in tonight, or should we? Um, I have a question. Yeah. Go ahead. Yesterday we kind of went over this on the show, but I just wanted like double check. So like this, after you share your story, the next step in the healing journey is to learn about your sickness and do some kind of program. Yeah, did you share last night? Wait, what'd you wait? Did you share your story last night? No, but I shared it with my therapist. No, but I've shared it with my therapist. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I just didn't want to miss it if you had. But, um, yeah, no, that's that's awesome. Yeah, I think it is definitely. I, what would you? What do you say, Penelope? What is your your thought on the next steps after you've shared it? Is that what you basically um, what you were asking, Philip? Yes. So, I, well, first of all, I just want to say that's a huge step, Philip. I mean, I'm, I mean, that's that's amazing um, to be able to, to to tell anyone to have um, to come to that place of trust, um, which I think is a, a big component of being able to tell um, your therapist or anybody. Um, a part of your history that you've never shared before. Um, there's a huge element of, of being able to trust somebody um, and, and be in a place where you feel safe to disclose that and to share that. So, I mean, first of all, I think thank you for sharing that with us, that you shared that um, in, um, in a session. And I just want to say, first and foremost, I mean, I'm, I think I, I'm, I feel so um, happy for you. I'm just overwhelmed with just... Um, just um, I'm proud of, of the fact that you um, have and happy um, that you've come to that point um, in your recovery. So, um, but I think, I think just to actually the first, the first thing to do after disclosure is to actually acknowledge that, you know, acknowledge that you're in, you're at that place that you found that space um, and celebrate that. I think it's something to be celebrated I think you should feel very proud of yourself. Um, so I, I think that that's an important first step. Um, 
and uh, and let that you know and, and and tell yourself that you know the next thing that you do, give yourself the grace to actually feel ready um, and to be able to actually you know go at your own pace and actually decide for yourself what you want that next step to be. It could be just allowing it you know the information to sort of absorb and sink in um, with, with the therapist that you shared it with. You know, it, it may be, well, wow, you know, I told one person I actually want and it wasn't so bad, maybe I want to tell someone else. Um, but I think that, you know, besides congratulating yourself and just acknowledging where you are, I think the next step is actually to give yourself some grace and allow, you know, your mind and your body, you know, all those signals that we, you know, we, we can tune into to actually, you know, really manage what you do next. You know, I think sometimes we feel, I felt really pressured um, to, like, go on this continuum at a certain pace. And what I realized is um, the only person that sets the pace in the continuum is me, and I'll know when that is. So that would be my advice. My advice would be take your own, you know, listen to your mind's advice, your body's advice, um, and um, that's that's self-care. You'll know when you're ready to do something else. And it may not be anything else for a while. It may be something else in a day or two, in a month, in a year. So does that make sense, um, Philip? And does that make sense, Kim? Yes, does it make sense to me? Does it make sense to you, Kim? Oh, yeah, Kim's on the back line. She's actually greeting another caller. So um, she's doing my job for me. So, um, <laughs> um, um, Anyway, Philip, I just I just want to say um, I remember I can I remember very vividly when I I sat in my therapist's office, um, my psychologist's office, and I was finally ready to share um, some information, and um, that was a very very um, pivotal moment for me. How do you feel, Philip, after having had that discussion? Um, I don't know. I guess. Well, I don't know how I feel about having that discussion. I don't yeah. have any, I feel empowered, I guess. Good. Good. That's great. That's great. Were you, um, did you have any emotions at the time that you were sharing? I mean, did you feel, did you feel nervous? Did you feel, did, when you were sharing the information, you know, did you, did you feel Comfortable, uncomfortable, scared, not scared? Uncomfortable, scary, nervous. Yeah. Yeah, I that's how I felt. I was I was I was really scared. I don't know why. I think well you're you're doing something you've never done before, right? So it's a little scary. Yeah. How long you how did you share your story? I shared it in um, 2018, 2018, I believe, the end of 2018. Was it on the NASCA platform? No, the first time I shared it was with my um, psychologist. And so um, it was in a session. I was on NASCA, I believe, the first time was 2019. Um, 
So, um, yeah. So I, I, I then shared. I, I, I shared it uh, several months later on NASCA, maybe a month later on NASCA. Um, um, and then I started sharing my story every year as a um, sort of as a anniversary, right? I actually looked forward to that. I did that at first three years. I did that three years in a row. But I didn't share it with NASCA first. I shared it with my um, my psychologist first. Which so, one would um, you like sharing it better with? Um Uh, you know, that's an interesting question. I think that I can't, it's hard to compare because um, there's something about the first time, right? <laughs> um, when I did disclose it to my psychologist, there's something about the first time where um, I think I have to be, to be honest, when I said it was nasty, even though I was really, I was, I was really, really nervous. Of course, I was way out of my comfort zone. But what surprised me was that um, it was a very different experience sharing it on NASCA versus sharing it with my my psychologist, my therapist. Because sharing it on NASCA, I the support I received from the panel and from the host um, was and the co-host was I was not. What I didn't realize is that um, the community of support from fellow sexual abuse survivors. Um, so I was, um, I never experienced that, you know, although that's why I came to NASCA because nobody could understand. I mean, even though I have a great, you know, a great psychologist, I felt like, well, you haven't, you know, walked in my shoes, so how can you truly understand? So I think in terms of who I should, it was, I think the support that I received and how, how my, you know, how my story was received and how many, um, of the panel members were saying, oh, they could relate, you know, and they'd walked in, you know, then they walked in my shoes, really. They'd, our stories weren't exactly the same, but the feelings were the same. So, like, I, I was very, um, it was a very, um, it was a beautiful experience, and that is not what I expected because I was met with this, um, just this sense of understanding, and for the first time, I didn't feel alone. That's the first time I really didn't feel alone. I mean, with my ther- I guess when I shared it with my psychologist, I didn't, of course, I didn't feel alone. Um, I felt like I was, progr- you know, that it was something that I needed to do and that I was, you know, moving forward in my recovery. But, um, but I think having a community of people that really understand because they've had, you know, unfortunately, you know, we've all had very similar experiences. Um, there, was, there was so much, um, it was profound in, in terms of just, um, how I finally didn't feel alone anymore. It was, it's her very, it was a very different experience. It was a better experience. It was more, it felt more, I guess, the support. I wasn't expecting it, but the support was overwhelming in a, such a, in a really positive way. That's good. That's really good. Thank you. So Kim, I've been talking for a long time now, and I know that you uh, have done my job and introduced and um, Kathy into the um, into the into the panel. So, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, thank you for for answering so up. Because I and hello, <laughs> Phil. I'm not all here tonight, but 
there, um, so Kathy is on the phone, and she um, had a question she wanted to talk to Philip about. And um, I, too, Philip, just want to say, you know, congratulations. And that's a huge step, and I'm, I'm proud of you as well. And whenever you're ready to take a next step is really when you're, you know, when the best time is. So the best time is just whenever you are. And we will all be cheering you on. Absolutely. When that happens. Absolutely. So, <laughs> so Kathy, anyway, yeah, you, I, yeah, I was going to say for all of us, for all of us, it certainly is a big weight lifted off when you just even verbalize the words. Sometimes you have to say it out loud at home before you even say it to your best friend or close friend or whoever. But it's certainly the beginning of a. Um, unloading journey and yeah we heal we can uh, live good lives and and uh accept because i hate the word forgive what happened you know and uh live well but it took a long i i will say that nasca has been certainly a great opportunity i think i was telling kim when when i was on hold there that uh it was a few years ago but I'm an old lady now, and when I was young, there wasn't anybody to talk to. I had people and friends and whatnot, but uh, it is, I think, one woman, and I was truly impressed with her blog. It was, as has been said, we can relate. She had been also, I'm a, a abuse survivor from uh, incest as a child, and it's at home. And, uh, you know, she also had a very similar in her, I could relate, and I said, wow, that was really very great, well-written. And she said, isn't it nice to know that you're not alone? And you were just speaking about that. And while I appreciated the camaraderie that we understood, we'd both been through the mill, if you will, um, I was pretty upset that I wasn't alone. I, I tell you what, I wish I was the only child in the world who'd been abused. I mean, that would be fantastic, you know? But I can't take that all upon myself. And uh, unfortunately, I'm not alone. You know, in other words, <laughs> it, it's, it, I didn't know, I knew that I wasn't the only one long before the internet because I'm old you know I'm in my eighth decade now so I'm an old lady anyway um, you had spoken I think I spoke with you a while ago I listened to you a while ago Phil and I didn't call in but I listened to part of the conversation you were asking about consent and that was uh, then brought on to you know how to make sure you're not in trouble when you get the lady, and I'm thinking, wait, wait, wait a minute, they they called them girls, and that that kind of, I said, oh no, we're women, we're not girls. I don't think Phil's interested in having a girl consent, you know. But anyway, um, it, you know, so I just I, I just listen to these things, you know. Like I said, I'm old and weathered, but uh, truly, it is a, a big deal with consent because. Uh, I, as I said, I was a child, and someone else was recently speaking about when you have an experience and you're very young and you really don't know the world and what's around you, 
it doesn't seem like it's out of the ordinary because you don't know what the ordinary is. And I think that uh, it's a matter of hindsight. I certainly buried for a good long time, but it is wonderful when you let it out. Now, I did let it little things out that I was doing with brother, with friends when I was a child, but they too didn't really think it was wrong. We hadn't had that understanding, which is another thing that NASCA has on so many of its uh, articles is understanding, which is why I mentioned when I was up here, I am rambling. Um, Healthy sexuality is something you said before Phil got on and I couldn't hear his question and thanks Kim for clearing it up. But uh, healthy sexuality is important, and I think boundaries are important to be taught when you're as a parent or caregiver to the child long before he or she has any opportunity to have sexual um, contact with other people. And I think we, you know, talk, you, you use the proper terms for, oh, you girls, Listen to me calling you ladies, girls, Um, you know, spoken about it before, about how to, uh, well, I knew it was meant in in niceties, but nonetheless, um, um, you know, to use the proper terms. And I've mentioned it several times. I truly believe that toilet training is the wrong acronym or whatever you want to use for the period of time when a child learns to defecate and urinate in a urinal or a, or a toilet and uh, and it's it shouldn't be talked about toilet training but more cleaning and boundaries and privacy and that's why the door is there you know you, you clean this is a private private part private things you do and I just think that's a, a really good beginning I haven't really been able to find someone to elaborate on it on a little but but it isn't talked about enough you know it isn't talked about it's talked about toilet training but uh i'm a mother of two grown young men wait a minute they're old men older men now but uh you know i I (laughs) raised two boys and my interest and concern when i was first a mother was to make sure these children make it through puberty time and adolescence I called it really because that's a tough time that's a tough tough time so anyway I'm going to shut up and I think about consent and I wanted to if you could elaborate on what you meant if you if you can recall the conversation Phil about what you meant with consent because something tells me you weren't trying to score well um, like I've been in, like, situations where I've, like, been, like, not sure, like, what's the next step to take with a girlfriend. And, like, Mm -hmm. my dad was kind of forceful with stuff, so I was kind of forceful with them. And I know that's not the way to go. So I guess it's polite to ask first or something. Well, I don't know. I I didn't fit the mold, I suppose. You know, my first time was terrible because my sister had already gotten laid, and I didn't know what the big deal was. I had no desire. But I, I don't know about the other ladies, but I, I think many of my friends, boys, because it's the natural progression of your testosterone, have a 
strong sex drive, and that's important for our civilization, you know, for procreation. But I, uh, you know, for me it was totally different. People were telling me, you know, all this, had you, so I decided, okay, Matt, are you going to Jay's party Friday night? Would you like to have sex? This is like Tuesday or something. I mean, I really made an appointment, and it was terrible because uh, he showed up with Becky. That was lovely. I said, we can climb out the window and go in the neighbor's backyard, and we did. And I got, and I, I said what I understand now is the most terrible thing to say to a man, a young boy. We were, I guess, 16, and uh, I said, is it in yet? And he was, he was not a little young man. He was a perfectly healthy young man. I was just, uh, in hindsight now, because of what I'd been through my entire uh libido or whatever was totally numb it had nothing to do with him but because i had been abused as a child for so many years i had long time before i had ever any feelings but as far as i don't i don't understand i i don't think i had the same ideas to act as my parents did so i'm sorry that the influence of your father left that scar that's a seems heavy to you hell with it you you know we're just human beings we're dumb women well excuse me but we're not men but you know i don't know i don't uh <laughs> i didn't have any tr- but then again i was i don't think i fit the mold in that regard okay because i don't think too many women or 16 year olds made an appointment and didn't even care I didn't even care that he was there with Becky. She was lovely. I don't know. Maybe she's stayed virgin. Who knows? But I, I didn't enjoy it, and, and I don't think it had anything to do with him or anything else. So I, I really – but that was the free love. You know, we were all hippies then. So. Well, I have a – thank you, Kelsey, for sharing that. Have you, been, have you ever short, shared your story on NASCAR? Have you been on? I've shared bits and pieces and told stories and, and, and parts of my, of my uh, you know, experiences. But, uh, yeah. I mean, I can oh, tell you, you uh, I can tell you what had happened when I really got online and I spoke to that one woman. She She's a lovely lady. I want to give her a shout out. Her, man, her name is Miranda Paracci, and I might be pronouncing her last name wrong. But if any of you have watched um, Discovery Channel, I think it was on, her brother was on Mythbusters. Do you recall that show? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Her brother is one of the stars. There's two guys. Adam Savage is her brother. And uh, she found out, and so did I after I disclosed, both publicly online. I had disclosed. Oh, gosh, all the way through, but outward to the family decades before Internet was even around. But uh, she um, didn't disclose, and and then they had, which has happened, I think, in a lot of other states, they've had a lifting of the statute of limitations for either civil or criminal, and and in New York, which happened to be Mm -hmm. her, her state, they lifted it, and she went, I don't know that she got anything, but uh, I was really um, inclined to come 
well, first of all, I got online and, you know, I'm doing other things. And then I guess it was the Kavanaugh, well, maybe before then, Nassau met the uh, girl, the, the Olympic children. Do you know what doctor, um, oh. the Olympic doctor who who, who was sentenced, I Nasser, was that his name? Oh, Nasser, anyway. yeah, yeah, Nasser, yeah. Yeah, Dr. Something like, yeah. and then and then Kavanaugh yeah. later with the big yeah. Me Too movement, and uh, right. oh, so he happened. There was a woman um, who happened to have been very articulate, and she was speaking her story. And her name escapes me, but she's really a great lady. And uh, she was speaking about it, and my mother called me up and said, "Oh, Kathy, you have to have to listen to uh, Rachel." Then, then Rachel, she was one of the uh, victims of Nasser, and she was very articulate, and Mother heard her story. Now, Mother heard my story. I'd already been out with my, my family, but uh, it was decades later when I, when I came out with it. And I did, as many other of us, the child survivors, another child. My sister was very into drugs, and my brother was going to take custody of the child, so, of course, I warned, wait a minute, you know, I, I can sit here and hold this, but if another child is going to the home of the fellow who abused me, I, I think I should speak out. And I did. And uh, it didn't matter. The girl yeah. went there anyway. And truly, uh, anyway, that's I don't want to get into the weeds. Yeah. But Nasser yeah. uh, and my mother called me up, and I said, you know, my brother, you, you know, he did worse than what that guy did. It, it, not that it matters. You, you, you are fondled and you're abused and you're in. Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. How, 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 exactly. I'm not saying that, but for her to come to me when she knows what happened, I was uh, mm-hmm. uh, assaulted, beaten, unconscious. If other people didn't come and pull them off, I'd probably. Who knows what would have happened? But at any event, she was there and she knew it, and uh, I was ticked off. And he's walking around like. Many of these abusers do like, like their s don't stink. You know, they're they're beyond reproach. So he was in the church. He'd never been a churchgoer, you know. So I, uh, she wanted me to talk to him again. Anyway, I said he owes me money. I said, you know, he's never paid restitution. He's never taken responsibility for it. It's like I'm sorry. Okay, well let's go to the jail and let all those rapists tell their victims when they're charged. Oh. I'm sorry, and then it's just, okay, well, you're sorry, then it's okay. Well, no, it's not okay, because the pain is done. You don't roll over somebody's foot and break them, break their foot and say, oh, I'm sorry, you pay for the damn broken foot. So I was ticked off, and I well, got that's, on to it. No, that's anyway. how society has been for so long. So, yeah, it's good that people are now speaking up. I, I think It's wonderful, it's wonderful. But I think at my very old age... And having already established a life beyond his crap and their family. And I distanced myself because it's important. But, uh, you know, I'd had it. I said, that's fine. I want him to pay. She saw the beating, the mother, my mother. She saw the beating. And I only knew from talking later. And then I found out after the Me Too opened up that in that state, they lifted the statute of limitations. So I filed criminal yeah. charges, and uh, mother was an eyewitness. Yeah. And they went, "Well, I'll get her." Well, 
brother goes ahead and gets yeah. power of attorney and everything because his shit don't stink because he's got the good job and the nice crap and it doesn't matter to me. But I, I came yeah. out, and even mm-hmm. though and even though what? it was online with all of you lovely people and you all relate, and I know you've been through the ringer, every single one of you, and uh, I can relate and I can understand and have certainly – I can – I can feel your pain um, as we do each other's. But uh, but I tell you what, yeah. when uh, when they let it go like that and uh, and get to it, and and I let it out and put it on the criminal file, it's still there. You know, I might find some other yeah. college student that was in the room and pulled him off and can remember the beating because it was a pretty rough beating. I don't know. I I don't think you'd forget mm-hmm. something like that. Uh, you didn't, no, you know, even no. if you didn't see the sexual or, thing, but it that felt good yeah. to let it out with the family. I had some people tell me, you know, like I said, well, he said he was sorry. Anyway, I think uh, children yeah. cannot consent, no. Phil, which is what I wanted to wonder whether you discussed before. Children cannot consent. They're groomed. My brother read pornography to me when I was a little kid. I didn't know it was wrong, you know. We had an exciting story. I remember a story. We're getting in the back seat, and I wonder who was driving or where we're going. Where they're, you know, no, we're going to stay in the back seat. Okay. You know, what happens in the back seat of a car? I don't know. You know, I was a kid. Who knows? I didn't know. And uh, so I'm just saying that children can't consent. Grooming is real. You know, we we don't know what isn't boundaries if we're not taught. And we should be taught when we're taking that diaper off. Right, exactly. That's what I do, yeah, with all my grandkids, too. But, you know, I talk about all of their body parts. And I um, I also teach a class, Darkness to Light Stewards of Children, Kathy, that um, talks a lot about that. It's, it's for adults. It's a two-hour class for adults to teach them how to watch out for the signs, you know, how to respond then With if the, the child children comes themselves. and tells you because that's a big, yeah, that's, a, well, so this is the, this is our thought with this program that we're teaching adults is because we have actually put that um, on children for way too long. We're, we're saying, you know, you tell, but I know for myself personally, when I was five years old and the little boy <laughs> across the street who wanted you know, liked me, I knew he liked me, got me in a closet with his pants down and wanted me to touch him, I didn't know what to do. So we've right. got to be able to tell the parents to talk to the children and stop telling the children to just tell. You know, there's got to be a whole system, just like well, parents I'm understand when the how are, to... Yeah. When the children are learning how to hold their little penis right. and, 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 and aim the toilet or sit and... Yeah. poop or, you know, poop it down. They should be taught at that point that this is your penis, this is your anus, this is what you need to clean, and this is a door. And that's why the toilets and bathrooms yeah. everywhere are behind doors. This is a private area. This is your own cleanliness. And these body parts don't belong to anybody but you, and you have to keep them private. They call them private parts. I mean, it's not unusual, right. you know, to to go with that. Right. But, uh but that no, way, I agree. I think that's you know, when a little boy, I know if, yeah. when the little boy comes into the closet and throws his pants down and tells you, uh, you know, to do this, that, and the other, you know he's 
busting boundaries, I guess, you know, breaching right. the boundary that you yeah. know is correct for a healthy growth, healthy sexuality, right. which I think was a, um, you know, it piqued me before I was on hold and I couldn't hear, hear Phil's question, but it, it piqued me a bit because of the, because uh, yeah. it really matters. Healthy sexuality begins with understanding boundaries, understanding where right. you're, uh, what's yours for sure. And then, you know, anyway, I just think it's important. Well, Daddy never trained a toilet, yeah. did he? Did Daddy ever train a toilet? Yeah. <laughs> never. No one ever trains toilets. The damn things clog. you got to get the plumber in there, man. <laughs> i tell you what. Children, we can now, keep. That's my least favorite thing in the world, Kathy, is potty training children. So let's go. Let's, well, no, you don't train, you don't the, train the potty. You don't train the potty. You train the child. That's the problem. We've got to get the vernacular. Is that the wording right word? We've got to get the right wording for it. We've got to stop calling it toilet training and potty training. And we've got to talk healthy boundaries, children's sexual uh, cleanliness training. You know, I mean, after all, there's a lot more involved with defecating and, I mean, the little kid's got constipation and he doesn't know how to tell you about it. But if you've had... That kind of training, then he'll be able to tell you, Mommy, my poop's not coming out, you know? Anyway. Right. Adolescence yeah. was my big well, deal. Let's get everybody's uh, opinion. Let's, yeah, let's get everybody else's opinion on this, this subject that we've been now talking about a little bit. I mean, um, first of all, I want to know, Priscilla, did that, I mean, has it helped any of, any of what we've talked about this last half hour? Has it helped any in your question? Well, it's very, very (laughs) encouraging to have other people to talk to about this stuff because for a long time I didn't have anybody to talk to to about this. So let's just start there and then work forward from it, I guess. Huh? Perfect. Wow. So, Ken, Ken, Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It's Penelope. It's Penelope. Is it encouraging to you guys to have somebody to talk to about this stuff? Oh, Philip, it's Penelope. Oh, it definitely is. I mean, it, for me, um, it 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 does help because, I, as I mentioned before, you know you're not alone. You're speaking, you know, you're talking to people that um, have had a very similar um, experience and understand um, the feelings, right, and the emotions, um, and um, and also just the hard work of recovering. And so, to me, you know, as the feeling of loneliness and of being alone, and, and that can, you know, definitely be also a factor as a child growing up in a home with, um, with abuse, um, you know, that feeling of just being alone and being isolated to, to have some sort of community and connection, I think, is especially the, the, the understanding is very, very um, beneficial. So, for me, it's, it's definitely helpful to have that community um, and to not feel um, that sense of isolation, you know. Um, so, um, I, and I, that's what I love about NASCA, and that's what I love about doing these shows, is we can all come together and we can discuss these things and we have, um, you know, there's a, there's a shared, there's an understanding. Um, I, I also, Philip, had told, you know, my, some of my very, very closest um, friends that I've been friends for with, you know, a very, very long time. And they're very good friends, and they're still very good friends. And and but 
um, they just couldn't understand, right? There was just, I couldn't really explain, um, um, you know, with words um, exactly, um, you know, my experience um, and the work that I was doing. So um, as well-meaning as people were, as, you know, um, as much as they tried to be supportive, which I really appreciated, um, it, it was really, um, it was difficult, you know, until I found the community within NASCA. Um, so I don't know if that helps or not, but, you know, sometimes, um, you know, people just don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. Um, and uh, so I don't know if they, you know, and um and I think that sometimes, you know, I had some friends that they, they felt, you know, helpless um, because they really couldn't totally fully relate. And, and I was glad they couldn't relate because you really don't want anybody to be able to relate um, because right. we've all had this experience. Um, but, um, but, yeah, so I'm, I'm very, very thankful, and I find it very, very helpful. Um, and thank you for asking me that, Philip. I just wanted it to actually um, just, just put a kind of a disclaimer um, forward, and I know that Kim already did. But... NASCA, which is such a wonderful organization, so we, um, our membership um, and our, our mission and our values, um, we are um, uh, an organization that works with adults, 18 years and older. So uh, I just want to make that, make it clear. Um, we obviously want to raise awareness. We want to talk about prevention and intervention and recovery services, but this is specifically for adults who have the child abuse. I love the work that Kim does, um, and uh, and I think that's very very important when it comes to our children, um, especially for me, um, not having been raised in a in a healthy environment, and sometimes not even knowing what those boundaries should be. I just knew what was normal for me growing up. I think it's helpful to bring in um, some an organization like Darkness to Light um, because they um, have the expertise to share the information with children. They're allowed to work, you know, through adults, you know, for the benefit of children. Um, but, you know, so I do think it's important to go to those organizations and those, um, um, you know, um, offerings from organizations like Dr. Polite that have um, the, the experience and the, and the expertise to work with the right populations. Uh, but I did want to just really make it clear that NASCA is 18, and I think we all know this, but I just have to, you know, reiterate, um, for adult survivors ages 18 and up. So, um, um, because you. we have had a lot of talk about children tonight, but I just wanted to make, make sure that that was, um, you know, that was clear. Um, but I think in, as we grow and we heal and we learn, you know, the things that we pass on to our children, no matter what age, you know, regardless of their age, is very, very important, which is obviously why we're doing the work. We're doing the work to change patterns. We're doing the work um, to heal so that we can, you know, stop um, um, destructive patterns and cycles and identify them and, and, um, and uh, change, um, change the cyclical nature um, of, of child abuse. So it's obviously um, what we do and the work that we do and the examples that we set by doing the work that we do um, and shifting the patterns definitely has um, a benefit, you know, that um, trickles down um, to the generations. But um, so I hope that was that made sense. I'm glad that I didn't find the show when I was below 18 because I would have been disappointed that I wasn't able to do it. Yeah. 
I'm trying to break yeah. a generational curse of like domestic violence. Mhm. And you are. I don't know. I don't know too much about the generations before me, but I know about one generation before me, and that was pretty violent. So I don't want to be like that. Yeah. And I think that's why it's so important to you know like you like what you're doing, Philip, is to for us to bring a voice to this to actually speak the truth of the events that happened, you know, to bring a voice to it because, um, as I always say, you know, it's, it's a secrecy and it's a silence that enable, you know, these cycles through generations to continue. So you don't know much right. about, you know, generations um, that came before yours. Um, and that's a lot, of, a lot of times because um, they were so silent. And, and I think sometimes having that information, you know, we can never, I'll never condone what happened, but I'd like to understand what happened because the understanding helps me in my healing understand um, and um, have some compassion for myself to understand how things happen and understand what needs to be done to change them. I think it's very important to, to speak of these things and to bring them out to the open. Um, and just so to, to keep, to, to do what you're doing, Philip, and to speak um, and to be, to be one of, you know, the first to speak um, and to bring, to bring the truth to light. Break this yeah, I've never, I've never heard too much about the generations before me. That's the thing I'd like to hear, though. But I don't think it was anything to be proud of because my dad never spoke of it highly or anything. Yeah. You'd, I don't know that when I was in my 20s, this was Kim, that I um, had heard anything about it, about generations before me, except my mom, because she had told me at 15 that it happened. But, um, yeah, I think that's something that you kind of start to figure out the older you get and the more that you are, you know, able to, to have more conversations, I guess, with people who are in your life and figure out you know, who, because I think I must have been in my 30s, probably, when I first found out that one, you know, one of my abusers had had abused other people in the family and and was um, apologizing for that. And so, you know, I think it takes time for people to start, unless, you know, unless they really want to be on that healing path like you're doing um, at a younger age. But if if it's harder, like myself, I guess I could use for an example, um, you know, I was like 46 or something when I first started talking about it because I was, and, and I'm learning a lot about this. I think I mentioned I'm in this um, equine therapy that I just love. And I go tomorrow, but um because I'm learning a lot more about my heart and how to start, you know, feeling with my heart more again, because I think you you do get in your head. You are told not to tell what's on your heart, not to talk, not to, you know, express yourself when you are in an abusive family and when you've had trauma as a child. So it's hard at times to start to open up and, and really learn a lot about yourself. That's what I admire about you, Philip. Like again, you said 
you are on this path at a younger age that is amazing because you can do, you can have a, such a healthier family if that's what you choose to do eventually. And um, and I know that you will because you've got a lot of, a lot of great it wasn't easy to get here. It took a long time and a lot of work. Can I say Have something? Have I ever asked you? I just want to say that, um, and, and I see Phil, and, and you're you're very fortunate, Phil, because uh, there are communities and people to talk to in groups, and, and those of us who get it, I guess that's a, you know, you were speaking earlier about speaking to people and they meant well and everything, but they didn't really understand because they didn't get it. They hadn't had that trauma. And uh, it is really a big boost for you uh, time-wise, and I know you're a young man, to have that opportunity to have the connection with those people who get it and uh, get past so you can... uh, it It took a while for those of us we're older, you know, that to uh, have the opportunity to have that, um, it, it, you know, to say it and someone hear. That's another thing. You say something, but who's going to hear it? And on the Internet or, or in a group like we have, you know, people hear it. People hear it who understand it. And that's very fortunate for you. So I'm happy for you uh, in that regard also. Yeah. Thank you, Kathy. That was very sweet. Um, yeah, no, I, I think I'm pretty sure we've talked about this before, Philip. Have you? Um, who do you feel was your mentor who helped guide you to understand that there's a different way of life? That it doesn't have to be, you know, your life doesn't have to be all all the time, and that you can change it as you grew older. I look that makes sense. I looked up to fitness influencers and fitness influencers on social media. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's awesome. That internet. Yeah. It's a it's That's a good it, thing at know. times. Sometimes it can get you, but sometimes it's a good thing too. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you so much for sharing. Um I'm gonna let you go, it. ladies and, and gentlemen. Thank you so very much well, for letting you know me be part of your conversation. Good night. Yeah, anytime, Kathy. And yeah, let us know Thank if you, you ever want to tell your story, too. Good night, Keep Kathy. Okay. Keep it moving, guys and gals, okay. men and Thanks women. The, Bye-bye. Thanks for calling me questions. Uh-huh. You are. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Kathy. So, um, I don't know, was there anything else? Any other questions or anything you have, Philip? Because I know that but I want to see also have another thought of a question that we could pose have, have, on the show that I want to make Has Kathy called in before? Yes. Oh, okay. Has she? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Kathy's been a long time now for a family member. Um, she's oh, called okay. in pretty regularly for, for many, many years. Um, she's back east, I think, from what I can re- remember. Um, which I, I think, you know, it's been a great show okay. because we've talked a lot about support, you know, a lot about um, 
Um, you know, obviously disclosure, as Philip mentioned, and, you know, feelings around disclosure and um, feelings about um, the support of NASCA. And I, I do think that, you know, Kathy's example of just, you know, NASCA has been around for a really long time and helped a lot of people. And NASCA is going to be around for a really long time. And um, I've been, you know, a member of NASCA for, gosh, let's see here, about six years, five, six years. And um, I've seen, you know, people that have, um, you know, it's, um, they, they come back and, um, and they, you know, they, they get involved and then maybe they, you know, you know, have something going on in their life and they, um, they um, kind of, uh, I think, maybe um, sort of hit the snooze button a little bit because life gets in the way, but then they always come back, right? They come back to NASCA because they know the support is there. And so I just, I love um, the example of just, you know, Kathy, someone that, you know, has been calling in and been a member for a very, very long time and knows that, you know, NASCA is there um, for, for her. Um, and um, uh, so I just, you know, it's been a great show. It's been a great show to talk about just, just the network of support um, that's available out there and, and NASCA is one example. Um, and, uh, and so I, I, that's, I think that's, for me, that's one of my, um, the highlights for me is just to know the communities there for me, whether I'm actively engaging it or not, just to know it's there. It's very, very important. What are some other ways to get involved in NASCA, guys? There's a ton of ways to get involved in NASCA. Do you want me to answer that, Kim, or would you like to answer it? No, you go ahead. Well, Philip, I mean, obviously, you can um, you can participate in many ways. One is obviously calling into the show and then being on the panel, um, which is just, you know, you don't even have to do anything beforehand. You can just call in and be on. Um, so there's not a lot of, of planning um, um, other than just, you know, dialing the number. So there's not a lot required to get involved that way. Um, if you go on the website, which is NASCA, which is um, N-A-A-S-C-A dot O-R-G, um, you'll see a list of um, NASCA services. You can get into their recovery um, groups three times a week on Zoom. Um, in addition to that, there's a lot of volunteer opportunities um, within NASCA a lot. So um, if you're interested, um, NASCA is, um, re, um, I believe, relaunching their newsletter. So if you'd like to write articles or contribute or be a part of um, getting a newsletter out, there's an opportunity for that. There's an opportunity to be a representative in your area for NASCA um, where you can just, you know, be an ambassador and, and represent NASCA in your geography. And really all that takes is just a willingness to do so. Um, I had some business cards printed, but anybody that is curious about what we do, I'm, I just show up and I tell them about NASCA. So that's what um, an ambassador, there's ambassadors that, that help represent our brand and our organization. Um, obviously, um, Kim is very involved in um, the show and producing the show. So helping with that, um, even if it's social our social media presence, there's you're good with social media or you want to become good at social media, we definitely have a need for that. So there's a lot of different ways to volunteer and get involved with NASCA. And um, you can contact um, myself, um, Penelope Venice, and my name and my emails on the website, or Kim Lakin, um, same, 
or Bill Murray, our founder, he's there. So um, those are just some examples of some ways to get involved. But we have lots of volunteers that help, and we have always have a need for volunteers. We will, we love that. So does that answer your question, Philip? Yes. Do you need Wi-Fi to volunteer? Oh, what, what kind of volunteers? I think you briefly touched so, on this. So social absolutely. media, any social media would be great, even if it's just putting out an announcement about the daily NASCA um, shows during the week. That helps. We that really helps. So we currently are in need for someone to help um, to help with the social media. So that's something that you're good at. I'm sure we could find a place for you. Um, yeah, and we've been talking about Philip. Also, I'm, I'm sure you heard that we've been talking about doing the Zoom and Facebook Live and connecting that all and doing that with the Facebook. I mean, with the uh, Block Talk Radio show. So we tried it a couple weeks ago. And unfortunately, it didn't work the greatest. But I'd like to try it again. And if you are, you know, kind of savvy with all of that, it would be helpful for me, you know, or whoever's hosting that, that is going to do, try that whole connection again with social media. Um, wanted to help this if you wanted to help in that area, that would be awesome because I think what I think I was looking at trying to do too many things when I was trying to be on with um, Dr. Pamela Pine, and I didn't notice because I was hearing her on Blog Talk Radio that she wasn't talking on Facebook Live, that it wasn't coming up. She had accidentally turned off her mute, put on mute on Zoom. And so she was actually talking on Facebook Live. We were just worried about on blog talk. So um, things like that would be helpful, you know. If you like the whole social media thing, that would be helpful. And but, finding people. Anybody who wants to be on, you just talk to people. Tell them they're welcome to come. Go ahead. Would it be on my own social media page or on NASCA's social media page? So we would want to stream it to NASCA's initially for, so the live stream is there, but then you could take it. You could take the recording off of there at any time and put it on your page too. See, I didn't really get much um, of a chance to do that with Dr. Pine's interview because I wasn't, we weren't hearing her at first. Once I figured out that she wasn't, her voice wasn't coming over, onto Zoom and on Facebook. I was at that point a little bit flustered trying to figure out what to do. So we just must have been rough. That must have been rough. Well I was hoping it would all go just really smoothly. But I didn't yeah, I didn't notice that she had muted. Like I said, I was hearing her so I didn't notice it wasn't on the other platform. So yeah, help with that kind of stuff would be helpful too. I was a little flustered. Yeah. Sorry. My son, <laughs> thank you, Philip. Yeah, my son was trying to help me get it all set up beforehand, but he was out of town. He was in New York at a conference, and so he wasn't available right at that time, like sometimes he is. But, but we, I love, I love you, you guys, you younger guys who like technology because <laughs> I'm not the best either. But I try, I keep trying, so I can get it eventually. 
Um, what kind of equipment would I need? Just just your um, computer. A laptop a computer and your phone. And, yeah, like a and laptop. Wi-Fi. Well, yeah. I don't think that's a good step for me right now because I don't have that. Okay. So I'll just, I think the next step for me is a Zoom call or two. Yeah, absolutely. No, you And maybe I, you guys accept donations? You guys accept donations, huh? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. You I can go on the like, NASA website and do that. I think I'd like to do a little bit of that at some point. That would be amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah. Really. Yeah, there's a way to donate. Um, so there's a way to donate through PayPal. Even a couple dollars helps. I mean, any, every little bit helps. Because we are a, a fully nonprofit 501c3 organization, and we rely on the donations from our members and others in the community to, to help sustain, you know, our business model. Our overhead is very low, but um, that's why even a few dollars really helps. This is the first organization that I'm actually happy to be involved with and that I want to do more with. Oh, it's wonderful. Wonderful. I hope we have a successful, safe relationship. You will, and no doubt. And I hope that we're all human, (laughs) Yeah, we're all human. I've learned that. (laughs) I hope that I'm able to keep calling into the talk radio shows because I really feel like I like them and need them for right now. Right now. That's great. It's really good to hear, Philip. Yeah, we want to be here. We want to. Yeah. Wait, uh, when and what time are the Zoom calls? So they are I'm sorry, at, so um, okay. uh, the, the Zoom recovery okay. meeting. You can also go on the on the front page of the NASCO website just to let you know, and they do also talk about um, the Zoom recovery meetings, which are Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday, I believe, at 2 o'clock Eastern. And that's actually done via Zoom. So there's the Zoom um, information on the website. But if you wish to remain anonymous, you can remain anonymous on, on the Zoom recovery meeting. It's totally up to you. Um, um, so, um, but they're wonderful. They're very wonderful. Two o'clock Eastern time? Yes. What's that in California time? Five o'clock? That would be 11 o'clock, 11 a.m. 11 a.m., okay. Thank you. Sometimes I'm too lazy to Google questions like that for myself, but I'm working on it. Like, I've, <laughs> like I just started, like, writing down all my doctor's information and my medication and stuff, and usually my mom does all that. Well, that's awesome. Good for you. You're becoming more yeah. desperate. Does it feel good I to was just, be a little bit more independent that way? Um, it feels like if I don't do it, I'll die. <laughs> I've been waiting to, for a long yeah. time to do it, but I've just been overwhelmed. and like, with, without any real connection or, like, any room to grow because I was always forced to do it and if you're forced to do something like that it really, you really can't do it you know so I just needed some space and somebody who believes in me so yeah 
So it feels good to do it. Well, we do. We, we believe in you, and we're glad you're here. Thank you for sharing. Share it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. So you said something about equine therapy. Is that what you want to do? Yeah. Have, yeah, have you been on when I've talked about it? Um, I just heard you talk about it today. And yeah, we may have talked about, no, well, we talked about um, my neighbor having horses and stuff, but I don't think you said that you want, I don't think I heard you say that you wanted to do equine therapy. Yeah, I did. I signed up, and I've gone three times. Is it three times now? Yeah, I think it has been. Um, I love it. And, Philip, if you are interested, there's people all over the country that do it. And um, we had the lady who teaches it. So I think she was the one that kind of created the program and um, teaches others how to do it in their community. So it's kind of a facilitator type thing, an independent facilitator. So when she was on the show, I found out that she was in Colorado and um, not too far, really, from where my daughter lives. But I contacted her then after the show, and she put me in touch with another lady who is a little bit closer to my house, and um, she's only like 15 minutes away or so, and so she has been, and this lady has been doing it for a few years now, and she has been training with Melissa, her name's Melissa Pearson, um, she's the one that started the curriculum, but um, my gal is now working with Melissa again to get her master's, I guess, degree in it. And um, you don't, I, I think, it sounds like my gal, her name's, her name's Laura, Laura, but she, um, you don't necessarily, you don't ride the horses. That's how it's set up, is that it's mostly about their energy and feeling their energy and helping their energy to regulate you a little bit better. Because as survivors, a lot of times we're so just dysregulated in our, you know, everyday life and, and things, trying to get things done. And, you know, it's always kind of a, for me, I've noticed it's a chore at times, um, a lot of times. So what, what I am working on specifically is, is feeling more with my heart because I have been told my whole life, 55 years that, um, you know, I have to figure things out and I need to be responsible for things. And it's always been, it's all in my head. And I have a really soft heart. And I don't use that as much anymore. I'm more thinking in my head all the time. And um, so that has been kind of where I think my therapy has somehow started. I, you know, I don't think you know really until you go how it's going to go, and um, I go in, and it's a 90-minute session, and my gal has, which I'm sure it's the same probably, pretty pretty similar for everybody, but 
um, we sit in the barn. She has three horses, and our therapy session is set up in the barn right in front of them. And so we talk for an hour together, just her and I, and the horses are kind of peeking in and out out of their stalls and, you know, just kind of wandering around. And so what is I noticed and what has happened is that one of them specifically, and not the same one every time, will just kind of stay with us and pay attention and, you know, just like they're listening. And then um, Laura will say to me, that's the one that wants to work with you today. Okay, (laughs) that sounds good. And, um, you know, she explained to me when I first met them, the first day that I went there, um, that they all pretty much kind of tap into different areas. And um, her one really, really feeling horse, you know, just really likes for you to to use your heart and your feelings, um, came out this last week when I was there. And, um, and my instructor was like, well, you know, she, she doesn't come out usually this soon, you know, because, and we've been working, it's still, I, I haven't necessarily opened up my heart all the way, but it, it might have even been just kind of a sign that she, she wants, you know, she's trying to get me to open up a little bit more and be a little bit more um, authentic with my heart and not just always thinking what's next and what I need to do next, what, what I should be doing next. And um, so the last half an hour of our session, the horse, she takes the horse out into this little yard area, and, um, and then I stand out there with the horse. She wanted me to say affirmations, but I have a hard time doing that out loud. And um, so that's something, you know, I'm really working on, too, is then accepting that I'm worthy and I, you know, I do deserve these positive thoughts and um, things. It's been been rough to do that. So um, the horse will come around you if you are feeling with your heart, if you are actually, you know, trying to do the work that you need to do in their presence and, um, if you don't, if you're all in your head, then they kind of walk away. And so the one, the first couple times, as she was trying to get me to walk around the whole yard, and she said that the horses will follow you, I couldn't do that because I wasn't able to open up enough on my own, I guess, as I was walking. But if I stood still in the middle of the yard and closed my eyes and I said affirmations to myself, then the horse would come around me and kind of nudge my shoulder or, you know, kind of put their, their head a little bit on my shoulder. And um, not the last week, but the week before that, I sat and just hugged the horse that was there for like a good two or three minutes. And, um, and she kind of instructed me. She's like, Kim just needs you to hold her and hug her. And, and that's what I did. And the tears are falling down my eyes. And so it's pretty powerful for me. It's been really powerful. And um, something that I'm really trying to work on because that's what I, I want to do. I want to get back into, you know, being feeling person, not just, oh, this is what needs to be done. This needs to work, you know. That makes sense. <laughs> so I, that was a long way around it, Philip. 
but I Do love you remember it. any I, of the horse's names? So, yeah, there's um, Gracie, Bella, and then, um, so those are the two females. And the male, there's one male. That's not coming to my mind right now, but, um, but Gracie and Bella. Bella was the first one that I worked with the very first week, and then um, the male was the one that was letting me hug him. It's the male one. I don't know why it's not coming to me. I know it's right there. But um, And then last week, it was actually really muddy, and so we didn't get to go out into the yard. So we just stayed in the barn. And, um, and that's when the other, when Gracie came out. And Gracie, I guess, is the one that usually is more slow to appear. And um, she was sitting there watching us. And, and so, yeah, we went over to her. And, and, we, and I'll pet her and... You know, just talk to her a little bit. It's really sweet. Really sweet. <laughs> thank you for That's asking cool. about it. it was <laughs> yeah, thank you. For uh, did you talk about it with your kids? A little bit. I was telling my granddaughter about it the other day because she goes to she goes to therapy regularly, and um, usually she does does it on Zoom or something, but. I was like, you would really like it. <laughs> and I really, I think most people would, unless maybe you're allergic to horses. <laughs> but I really think they do kind of bring out that, you know, your heart and not just, they don't, they don't, they don't want to be around you if you're just yelling your head. And so it, it almost makes you want to, you know, then feel more with your heart so that they'll come around you and, and give you some love. <laughs> How do you get into your heart and out of your head? Um, well, I think it's just a matter of feel more for yourself that you are good enough, that you are, you know, worthy of the love from the horse and from anybody that you um you know, like those affirmations that, that she tries to get me to say out loud that I can't always say out loud. But um, she also gave me a little book to write in and, you know, I get that I'm strong and confident and powerful and resilient and funny and smart. And, you know, when you are believing that in yourself, you're more, in, you know, you're more in your heart. You're, you're feeling... For yourself, and that's something I think a lot of survivors have a hard time doing, and so that's why they kind of started with therapy. How long Somebody did you figured it out? Masca? How long has it been around? Is it like 17 or 18 years, Penelope? Do you know off the top of your head? Yeah, that's about right. I say that. Yeah, Bill and Carol were the only ones doing the show for a long time. And they were doing it six nights. Bill and Carol? A long time. Yeah, Bill and Carol. And then they started bringing other people on as well. So they said they were getting old and needed a break. They're still pretty spry from what I see. 
<laughs> from what I hear. <laughs> they are. Definitely. <laughs> so, you know, it wasn't always called um, the Scott Child Abuse Now show. There was actually a different, I can't remember the name of the show, but um, so there was actually, I think, almost a thousand other shows done before um, Stop Child Abuse Now. So there are over 4,000 shows, I believe, now that have been that have been done, even though we're on scan numbers. There are 3243. Uh, 3243 is tonight, but there are many, there are others as well, about a thousand others that were done before that, before um, scan. That's a lot. That's a lot of shows. A lot of yeah. a lot of help. A lot of help out there. Can people still reach reach those shows, or are they? I, I believe so. I, I believe so. Um, okay. I need to go I don't to think my I ever did that. Yeah, it's not it's not cool. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm fuzzing on the specifics of it, but um. But I think it's very, very interesting because Bill will say well, we've actually done over 4,000 shows um, because there were some in addition to this. And I believe they're all accessible. I'll have to revisit that with him. But I, lo- I do love the fact that they archive all the shows too because uh, there are more, you know, resources. They'll be, they'll be there. They are resources. As long as the website's up, as long as the shows are, you know, archived and they're accessible, that is there um, for the community at large to use as tools, and I know I've used them um, to listen to them myself. So um, that was a really, really, I think, very, very smart and forward-thinking way to um, um, build um, the Stop Child Abuse Now, you know, um, podcast um, brand. And I think Victoria had mentioned, Kim and Philip, that our show is number one in terms of podcasts. Which is a, a crazy, wow. amazing, which is phenomenal. I don't know how you assess that, yeah. but I remember Victoria saying that, and that's that's very yeah. cool. So, yeah, um, I've stumbled upon the analytics before Penelope and on the blog talk, and I've seen, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes people ask me, "How many people do you think see the show?" And I say, "Well, you know what? It kind of depends on." how you advertise it as well, because that's going to bring a lot more people to the right. to your scan number. But um, there's anywhere from like 100 to 600 people that will watch one show. And so that's pretty amazing. <laughs> Phenomenal. Yeah, really amazing. And I think I just think, yeah, I think of, um, yeah, Bill and, and – and then Carol, when she came along, too, were just so dedicated, and, and especially Bill. He's just been so dedicated to making sure that people have a platform that they could feel, yep. feel like they belong. And so, yeah, yeah that's absolutely it. <laughs> I love them for that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Were you definitely. guys do this show in 20 years? Well, you'll be hosting it, Philip. <laughs> yeah, you'll be an oldie on the show. You'll be out. Um, <laughs> That'd be good. That'd be nice. 
I never, I have never had any kind of podcast experience before I started doing this. And I remember even one of the first nights that I was like on my own when I had to call in as the host and I was completely lost how to get on. And I was calling Bill, freaking out. And um, yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's not really that hard when she, you figure it out, really. It's not, it's not too hard to do. And it's just about, yeah. I think, again, like what I'm trying to learn with the horses is it's about, you know, using your heart to understand other people and not just being all, not like a, an interviewer, you know, on a news channel or something. You know, we really want yeah. to realize that they have a family here and that we're not just interviewing you. We want you to be around. Who hosts the Zoom calls? Is it Mrs. Kelly? They're actually different. Yeah, I think facilitators. Yeah, each each session, Kim, and I'm not familiar with who does which one, but they're still facilitated by by different people. I think they're consistent with the days that they do it, but I'm not exactly sure who who facilitates which day. Yeah. I know Carol likes night. <laughs> Carol likes late night. <laughs> Who yeah. hosts Zoom calls again? Go ahead. Who um, hosts the Zoom so calls? I, I think, isn't it basically Carol, um, Victoria, and they'll do some as well? I don't know if there's other people. I don't know. You know what I'm excited and nervous to see their faces and see who I've been talking to. Yeah. yeah. It's funny how you get this vision in your mind or about what people look like on the phone. And then they usually look completely different. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Will they ever well, see your dad's faces? I'm sorry, what's that? Will they ever see your guys' faces? Well, um, we're on Facebook. Yeah, we're on Facebook. You're on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I'm on Facebook. I, don't, I got locked out of my Facebook account for some reason. Ah. Did you? <laughs> well. <laughs> um, and Instagram. I'm on Instagram. I think I sent you a friend who's left on Instagram one time. Unless you, it was so, a different. So I don't know. May Could I have ask been somebody new. Pardon me, what, Philip? May I ask for your username? Um, I'm Penelope Bennis, so P-E-N-E-L-O-P-E, and then B is in boy, E-N-I-S, Penelope Bennis. B-E-N-I-T. I'm sorry, B-E-N-I-S, as in Sam. Oh, okay. P-E-N-E-L-O-P-E-B-E-N-I-S. I'm sorry. It's it's Penelope, P-E-N-E-L-O-P-E, and then Bennis, B as in boy, E-N-I-S. Um, I think I found it, but my internet's pretty slow, so would you like a friend request? I'm sorry, well, could you say that again? Would you like a friend request? Sure. 
That'd be great. Sure. Is that what you say? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have two posts? Is that you? Probably. I'm not. Are you looking at Instagram? Yes. I'm not. Yeah, because I'm not on on it there that much. In fact, I took a break from social media for a while this year, so I haven't. I'll look. I'll look for your request, but I'm not. I'm not very active, so bear with me. Um, I'll bear with you. Is yeah, it, <laughs> one of them says a warm welcome to our Washington State ambas- ambassadors. That sounds all right. Okay. Well, I sent you a friend request. Okay, great. Thanks a lot. Thank you. When was the last time yeah. you guys were at the dentist? Defensive. Oh my gosh! A couple weeks ago. Sorry, my dogs are barking. I have to mute. Okay. Well, Kim, I think you've had a good show. I think you've had a great show. Yeah, it's not bad. It's always nice to have others on and not just be us. Although you and I can be sheep talk pretty good too. That's right. <laughs> You got that right. <laughs> we we could usually chat, but um, yeah, I think Philip. Just so you know, did you find mine? Did, did I find this on Instagram? Um, so yeah, Philip's on. It's been a while. I think he's on mute. What's your of, username, yeah. Mrs. Kim? What's your username? I'll find it. Um, Kim Lakin Krager. Kim. L A K E N. A I N. And then C R E. Yeah. L A K I N. And then C R E G E R. Wait, can you spell this for me again, please? K I M. L A K I N. As in Nancy. And C as in cat. R. E as in elephant, and G as in good, and E as in elephant, and R as in Robert. I don't know. <laughs> Robert. Kim Lake and Quaker. And you see my picture on me. I've got like. trouble. 1,500 posts. Why don't you just add me because I can't find you. Will that work? Yeah. Okay. Or you, do you have Instagram open? Yeah, I do. It's sure. Philip underscore underscore Bernal. And I have a green shirt and a bald head and a beard. And I'm in a car. That's my profile picture. B-E-R-N-A-L? Yes. You have a what? I have my profile picture. I'm in a car. And I have a green shirt on. There's a lot of little up 
I thought I found you at one time and sent you a request, but maybe I didn't. Are you sure? Is it, say, Phil? What? Do you have an 18 post? Do I what? Do you have 18 posts? And does it say, Phil, um, be your own kind of yes. beautiful? Is that you? Yes. Is that you? That's okay. me. Well, now we're connected. Yeah, I did. I sent it to you. All right. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So now we know the faces. Well, you're very handsome, Philip. If you don't mind me saying. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, we've had a great show. Thank you so much for being on Penelope with me and keeping things going. And Philip as well for being on. it's nice to see your face now, and um, yeah, I look forward to continuing to talk to everybody. And um, we are just so glad that you were with us tonight. So we'll see you again tomorrow night. Thank you, and remember, right. there's enough eyes in your house there. Just watch out for all children. So please, if you see something, please say something. Have a good evening, everyone. Good night. Good night. Don't